So you watched the movie, I take it. <laughs> yeah, I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty damn good con. Thanks, I moved the mic away from my face so I didn't yeah. have to blast everybody. Well, you're a professional. Hopefully. You know what to do. You have proper mic technique. It's true. So that's quite an opening yeah. to episode 29 of Nerd Novice. Yeah. Man. That's right, Jim. Yeah. So... We, so we, yeah, we got to talk mean, here a little bit. It was it was wrathful. Yes, it was. It was full of wrath. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. <laughs> oh man, we've that got was, yeah, we got we got a lot of stuff going on. We've yeah. got we've got the wrath of Khan and a little bit of you know randoms. Right. So yeah, I think today's going to be a fun episode. I agree. They're always fun. Yeah, but especially especially this one. Yeah, because so. now that you've seen, now that you've seen Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, which, by the way, we forgot to tell everyone, this is our fault. We'll we'll blame yeah, me. We, we, we'll blame me specifically. I'll take the heat for it. That's why. Fine. Why do that? Jim? Why not? Why? Yeah. yeah, because it's fine. No, no, that's fine. Um, You're like Spock going into the radiation chamber right, right. now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Except what I'm doing <laughs> is more of a martyr thing. His was <laughs> genuine selflessness there's a difference yeah um so we forgot to mention at the end of last week's show that in addition to chitty chat chatting in a little grab bag this week that we were going to discuss star trek to the wrath of khan right yeah i think um you know it's cool we put it in the show notes and plus um a lot of people have seen it already so yeah, I think I'm I, one of the only ones who hasn't. I, I think you were the last of the novices. I think I might be. Yeah. Um, but what I'm wondering, though, is uh, why... Um, is it bad that I didn't watch the first Star Trek movie? Star Trek The Motionless Picture? <laughs> okay. I gotcha. Is it not good? I like it. I like it a lot, actually. But is that is that the one that's just it's just called Star Trek? No, it's it's called Star Trek the Motion Picture. Oh, okay. That's, is that it might not be on Netflix, I don't think, because I was looking and they have three. Um, but I didn't see the first one. Okay. But maybe it's there. Yeah, it may not be up there because they're Yeah, I think it's just like Two through six, maybe. Oh, okay. That are that are on there. Let's uh, take a look at this. I'll look really fast so we can verify and steer people in the right. Yeah, I mean, when I say it wasn't there, this. I mean I wasn't. It wasn't recommended to me by Netflix's robots, so right. I didn't see it. But I didn't yeah. actually search for it. So what I'm seeing in terms of movies are just. Two, three, insurrection, and nemesis. Okay. That's all that's showing up for me on Netflix on the iPad app, anyhow. All right. Well, yeah. that's probably it then. So yep. I guess uh, I'll have to see it some other yeah. time. Yeah. But yeah, no, you should watch it someday. But it's not Star Trek 2, as you probably gathered, is not really. It's not like it's a direct sequel or anything to the motion picture. 
Right. Not at all. Yeah. Um, it's actually a sequel to one of the episodes from the original TV series. Oh, yeah. Because, see, I was going to ask, like, how much of this story, ba- the background of the story, because this movie, it kind of starts in the middle of the story. Uh, like, like uh, Captain Kirk has already kind of, like, screwed over Khan. So how much of that happens on the show and how much of it is just kind of like, you know, like told as a background story. What happens in the episode? There's, there's an episode in the first season called space seed. And in that episode, they find the botany Bay con ship and they dethaw con and Khan, they don't realize at first that he's a bad guy from 20th century Earth. Mm-hmm. And by the time they piece that together, he's already studied the ship's security systems and defense capabilities and stuff like that. And he brainwashes slash coerces coerces is a better term because he doesn't really brainwash her but he he coerces the ship's historian who's like fascinated with dictators and the 20th century and stuff mm-hmm. into helping him take uh take control of the ship so he takes over the enterprise and then wakes up he dethaws i think what like half of his crew if memory serves and they, Kirk and, and the crew of the Enterprise, end up defeating Khan. But what they do is instead of sending Khan and his people to a 23rd century prison or whatever, they say, okay, well, your punishment is to go live on this uninhabited planet but they Kirk kind of spins it as they're they're doing Khan a favor because this is an uninhabited planet that he will have the opportunity to rule and colonize and they can build their own society. Right. Which Khan and his followers were all um uh, the the term that they use in the series Star Trek Enterprise is augments. What is which basically they're like super people. So they've oh. been they've been genetically modified oh, gotcha. to have superior strength and intelligence and so like, on and so forth. Like the initiative on Buffy. Or Captain America. Except Captain bad. America. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. So um, So it's basically... yeah, so it's basically Kirk going, well, hey, rather than sending you to prison, um, you are going to be confined to this planet, but guess what? That's You get to rule this planet. And so Khan is kind of getting what he wants. But then why is he so angry? Well, because what happens is that they drop Khan and his people off on the planet. 
and then six months after this isn't so that's how that's how the original series episode ends is they sentence Khan and his people to go yeah. live on the planet and that's that so like theoretic and there's almost kind of a moment where where Khan is almost thanking Kirk okay like almost thanking him I guess you could say okay and it's for all intents and purposes, is a happy ending. Right. It seems okay. like satisfactory. Seems satisfactory to to everyone. But then in, in Wrath of Khan, what gets explained is that the planet that uh, Khan and his people were on, um, well, the planet next to them SETI Alpha 6 explodes. Oh. And it throws the orbit of SETI Alpha 5, the planet they're on, it it throws their orbit out of whack. So then so everything the, is all like un, unable to uh, maintain them the right, same way. Right, right. The planet becomes almost uninhabitable. Whereas before that accident occurred, it was a perfectly fine and he has no way of contacting him. Well, he has no way of contacting the Federation. And according to Star Trek two, Captain Kirk or, or nobody else from the Federation for that matter ever checks on them to see how they're doing. Right. And that's why that's why Khan is so upset is because they never called they never went to check up on them. And he also wants revenge because the the Federation officer, the woman who uh, helps Khan take over the ship, she ends up going with them with Khan and his crew to the plant to go live on the planet. Uh-huh. Because otherwise she would have been court-martialed. Right, so she goes. But so she goes, and she... Something about... Go ahead. Well, she dies. I mean, she's not in Star Trek Two, but there's a line where Khan says, you know, within the first couple months or whatever, you know, half of my crew was killed, including my beloved wife. Right. Who we assume was her. Right. From the original series episode. So that makes him good and and fired up. Yeah, yeah. It's all about revenge on that. Um, but I thought it said something about like he was mar- she was marooned into the center of an uninhabitable planet. That's what I thought he said. No, what well what he says is is they are marooned on that planet. Yeah. But she dies. She just dies just because she couldn't handle it or something? Well, she dies from the SETI Alpha eels. Oh, okay. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So he's like, I mean, you think he's irrationally angry, but he is really irrationally angry. Jeez. Yeah. Get a grip, buddy. He's got some anger issues. Like major ones. It's not their fault the planet was exploding next door. Yeah. 
I don't know. It seems... I guess space is a very big place. I mean... But it sort of seems... It is the biggest. (laughs) You've got a point there. But it kind of seems like, well, maybe the Federation would have or should have checked up on them or... Like realized radio. realized at least in their uh in their star charts that the planet had exploded because when when Chekhov and Captain Terrell go to investigate the planet they have no they idea they think it's SETI they think it's SETI Alpha Six. Yeah, yeah. And they don't realize that this accident has occurred. So it's a little bit yeah, it's kind of goofy. Yeah, you kind of have to just roll with it. Yeah. Yeah, because you think that it wouldn't be in the same location. Like, if right. they were, you know, yeah. if they were like mapping out the coordinates, it wouldn't even be in the same location. So, why would they think it would be six and not five? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. But yeah, yeah that's the, that's the, that's the backstory of how they get to where they are with the whole relationship between Khan and Kirk. Kirk and Khan and, and why Khan hates him and wants revenge. So here's here's the thing I was thinking the whole time is that we just saw this new movie, the JJ Abrams movie come out. And I was wondering since that's about a young Kirk is that supposed to be the backstory to this movie? Like, I don't understand. I was trying to figure out how that would work because basically in that movie, if I remember it correctly, which I should because it wasn't that long ago that I saw it, um, they find Khan and they don't know who he is, right? Right. So, And he's like dethawed. And then he like... He they he like reveals himself as a as a bad guy basically. Yeah, Star Trek Into Darkness is more of an alternate timeline replacement for the episode Space Seed than it is to Star Trek Two. Although there are obvious nods and parallels to Star Trek Two, right? Because like the whole time I was watching this, I was trying to figure out if it was supposed to be. Like, you know, not the sequel, but the the rest of the story, I guess. And I was like, well, that would be not even, that couldn't even be because obviously Spock in the radiation chamber, they would be like, oh, this was funny. We did this once. Why don't we like put the regenerating thing on him, the Genesis and like, you know, just like we did the last time. That's, you know, the whole time I was thinking like, yeah. okay, yeah, the, this the, can't be related. The The difference is... And the reason the the changes occur is because in the alternate in the JJ in the JJ verse the JJ Abrams Star Trek movies they're an alternate timeline from the William Shatner original series Star Trek and the Next Gen and and all of that stuff and so the what happens is that. Because of the alternate timeline that gets created when Spock travels back 
in time, and the Romulan ship comes back in time. Um, when all of that happens, it throws the whole universe off into this alternate timeline. Oh. Okay? And so there, there's even a couple of lines of dialogue in Into Darkness where Admiral, um, Admiral Marcus explains, well, when the Romulan attack occurred, the Federation started to become more militant and aggressive about pursuing weapons research and defensive capabilities and all of that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. And... So as a result, the Federation finds Khan and his ship floating out in space years and years before Kirk found Khan in the original timeline. Okay. So in Into Darkness, instead of Kirk finding Khan when they're on their five-year mission... I see. He gets it's found years earlier. By the other guy. By Admiral Marcus because of more aggressive space exploration and everything as a result of what gets the events that set off that alternate timeline. That's freaking cool. Yeah. So, wait, explain a little bit more about the events that set off the alternate timeline, because I haven't seen the original Star Trek, remember, so I don't know what it's supposed to be like. In the original timeline, Captain Pike is the captain of the Enterprise, and I I don't recall how many years he is supposed to have been captain of the Enterprise, but for a number of years... He's out traveling the galaxy in space, and Spock is actually part of his crew. Uh-huh. And uh, when, by the time the original series start, and so, let me back up just a second. There were two pilots shot for the original Star Trek. Okay? Okay. In the first pilot, there is no Captain Kirk. So it's Pike. It's Captain Pike. And he's played by an actor named Jeffrey Hunter. And in the pilot, it's a totally different crew, except Spock is in it. Okay. Okay? And so they shot that pilot, and the networks rejected it. So like a year later, they shot a second pilot, and Jeffrey Hunter wasn't available because he was a, a TV and movie star doing other work. Mm-hmm. So for the second pilot, that's where they got Captain Kirk. They kept Spock, and then they got Kirk and all new other people. Okay. And so when the original series goes on the air and actually starts as a real show... It's immediately starts with Captain Kirk and Spock. 
But do they acknowledge Pike or do they just pretend like the first pilot or the second pilot? Is they, the... they do acknowledge Pike because there's there's a two part episode called The Menagerie. And what they do in The Menagerie is they use footage from the original pilot and they turn it into a new story. What they do is in, in The Menagerie, the storyline is that Captain Pike has been in a horrible accident that uh, cripples him. Uh-huh. And so he's confined to a wheelchair and he can't speak. He can only beep once for yes or twice for no. And in the story of the Menagerie, Spock receives a communication that's supposedly from Captain Pike. And Spock takes Captain Pike to go live on this planet called Talos 4. Talos 4 is the planet from the original pilot that they visited. Uh-huh. And on Talos 4, there's an alien species called the Talosians that can create illusions. And so when Captain Pike is on this planet, he they can create the illusion that he's healthy and can move around and stuff. Uh-huh. And so the and so what they do is in the menagerie, Spock breaks like a million Starfleet regulations and steals the Enterprise to take Captain Pike to Talos Four. Oh, and then yeah. in the court martial hearing for Spock, they use that as an excuse to use footage from the original pilot to show as like ship's logs or whatever for testimony. And then they receive like these transmissions from Talos Four as part of the testimony. Oh. It's it's actually very, very good. That's I think, really cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing, actually. And um so the big payoff at the end of the menagerie is that um Captain Spock is cleared of the charges and Captain Pike, even though he's incapacitated, gets to go live on Talos 4 and he appears to be healthy. So is it And he gets like, to live the rest of his life on Talos 4. So it's kind of like when Bilbo goes to the Undying Lands. That's and a, like... Yeah, that's exactly... <laughs> That's exactly what it is, really. <laughs> yeah. Bilbo's like really old and he doesn't he's never going to die, so yeah. they take him yeah. to like the nursing home for Mhm. Yeah. Once awesome people. Yeah. And what's what's really neat about that whole that whole thing with Talos 4 is in the Star Trek mythos, Talos 4 becomes absolutely off limits to federation ships oh so you're 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 completely forbidden from ever going there and it's the only federation law that's punishable by death whoa yeah why are they so 
afraid of people going there just because they will like whatever whatever vision that is created there does it only exist on Talos 4 yeah I mean so why I don't know why that would be like it's not like they can go make themselves all powerful and then leave and blow up things or something yeah why is it so forbidden well it's uh, the law that gets created is unnecessarily heavy-handed yeah because i'm like i made sense that they would forbid them but not that they would punish them by death but like us star trek nerds like sit around and talk about you know you know talos 4 is the only planet where you get you know that's the only federation law where there's a death penalty blah 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 yeah (laughs) you know but uh that's pretty cool man yeah so if if you ever have the opportunity, you should definitely watch um the original pilot is called The Cage. Is it like is it listed with all the original Star Trek series stuff? Oh yeah, it's on Netflix. That's cool. It's on Netflix. So I'll have to do that. Well, actually, I I have to see. start watching the original one anyway, but I'm still watching Next Generation slowly. Are you? Surely. Good. I love that one. Like I I just love um, Picard. Yeah, Patrick. He Stewart's is great. Awesome. He is great. Yeah, and I I like the um. I don't know. Well, is the, the original Star Trek? Does it have the same kind of storylines? Because like the Next Generation, the cool thing about it is, um, like it's almost like statements of philosophy, like. Especially, like, you know, the first episode. Mm-hmm. It's, like, so, I don't know, they just get, like, really um, intellectual about it, you know? Yeah. And I like that. Yeah, some of some of the original series episodes definitely have have that, like, relevant, so, relevant social message sort of yeah. vibe to them in the way that Next Gen did. And other episodes are also similar to next gen in in that they have like a like a theme planet sort of thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like the planet with all the hot blondes. Right, right. Yeah. Or or like in like in the original series they don't have the transport they don't have the holodeck. Oh, that sucks. So, that's that stuff, man. Yeah. So you you end up on a planet that's all mobsters. Yeah. Model it's a planet of the civilization is modeled after uh ancient Rome or modeled after twentieth century mobsters or whatever. Whereas stuff like that in next gen is done like on the holodeck or, or something. Yeah. Although there's which, plenty of theme planets on next gen as well. Yeah, but like who why would there be a mobster planet? Like, come on. It makes more sense to have mobster holodeck episode. Yeah. Well, the explanation of the mobster planet is that um, there were astronauts that got stranded on the planet, and they had a they had a book with them that was like a history book of mobsters. Uh huh. And the the indigenous people of the planet discover the book and translate it and they they take it as um 
an instruction manual, more or less, as to how to how to model their society. Uh, <laughs> which is okay. a pretty pretty far stretch, obviously. Yeah, way way to go, way to not use multiple sources to yeah. come up with a well rounded <laughs> yeah. idea instead of. Gee, yeah. that kind of sounds like religion. I don't know. That's it was a cool movie though, for sure. Yeah, yeah. um, totally grossed out by the uh, bug in the ear thing. Yeah, I closed my eyes. I was like, oh god, <laughs> oh, this close up is going on way too long. Yep. It's a pretty bad fake makeup ear. Though. I know, but it doesn't even, even matter. Still, yeah, even still. Oh, the other the other thing I that I wanted to say about the the beginning of of Star Trek Two is when you when you have Chekhov on the uh, the Reliant as the science officer and. Kirk is working at the Academy and so on and so forth. The whole idea there is that time, additional time has passed since the motion picture. And by this point, the, the, the band has kind of broken up a little bit Yeah, and they're all getting older. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that about it. I thought that was cool. I liked how it had that, like Kirk had that, um, the whole time thinking about age thing. Like it was like a cool little secondary plot, not plot, but secondary uh, storyline thing that was going on where his like internal battle with getting older and like, you know, whether or not he should stay in the desk job or like continue commanding the enterprise. And that was a cool, you know, depth to the story yeah for sure and that's always that's always the thing with him is no matter how old he is or what he's doing his place is to be captain on the bridge of a starship well it's kind of like um number two you know like the same type of deal with him is that he doesn't ever want to like be a captain because he wants to stay on the enterprise Mm -hmm. you know right and um i don't know why i just called him number two but i just thought it was cool (laughs) Uh, because he's crappy yeah no he's not Riker's my favorite i know he's cool but this is just what uh yeah picard calls him all the time (laughs) number two no Um, he calls him number one oh why did i say two oh my god (laughs) i'm freaking stupid um see i'm a novice I haven't watched it in a while. I don't know why I said number two, because he's number two on the ship. That's, That's why true. I said number two. It doesn't make any sense. Why does he call him number one? That I just yeah. now thought of that right yeah. now. Let's dive into this That's for valid. a second. He like I just approached it as a novice, but I had a way better thought process than the people that wrote this. Because mm-hmm. I'm a novice. And to me, it was logical to call him number two. He's number two on the ship. He's the second in command. Yep, that's absolutely correct. What's the argument there? <laughs> I don't go. He's first officer. But he's, yeah, I guess he's Picard's number one. Yeah. That's probably why. Right. Yeah, that's why. 
And in, but if I if I was Picard though, I would always call him too, just to rub it in his face that he wasn't. <laughs> oh, that would be good yeah. to just mess with him. Yeah. yeah, we'll just be like, well, you're number two, so I'm gonna call you that. Number two, report to my ready room. Yeah, it's like calling him Junior. Right. Yeah. Come on, Junior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in Last Crusade. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because in. In the cage, which again is is the original pilot for Star Trek, there is a character who is the first officer who is referred to as uh, number one. By whom? By Captain Pike. Oh, okay. And number one is played by Majel Barrett, who was Gene Roddenberry's real life wife. Right. Well, not at that time, but would become his wife. And she was Locks on a Troy and the ship's right. computer voice. She also played a character in the original series called Nurse Chapel. That's cool. Who gets referenced in Into Darkness. Does she? Yeah. Oh. See, this is why once I'm like totally aware of all Star Trek, I need to watch those movies again. Yeah. How many is he supposed to make? Is he just doing a trilogy, or is he just doing infinity amount of Star Trek movies? Well, he's not going to direct the next one because he's directing Star Wars. He's going to okay. pro- he's going to produce the next Star Trek. I'll forgive him. I think um, I think the contract with all of those actors is for three movies. Okay, and so I I think what they're in fact, I, I think I read a week or two ago that the idea is they want to actually try to make the next one as soon as they can before J.J. gets, like, way too busy with Star Wars to be able to really participate well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. J.J. the jet plane. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how much the next film feels like the first two. I'm sure it'll be I'm, yeah, hard I, to notice the difference. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be cool. When is um, Star Wars supposed to come out? 2015. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Damn. Which, if you think about it, in terms of how long it takes to produce a movie on that scale is going to be here before you know it. Yeah. It's probably like Christmas time of 2015 though. I had originally heard May of 2015, but I think, I think it might be a little bit after that. I don't know, but I'll bet you they, they need to start shooting it like late this year, or certainly the very first part of next year. Hmm. Yeah. It's going to be super epic. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Now all I want, though, is just for there to be the um, Zon trilogy on film. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. I know. It'd be so cool. It's the perfect story. I know. It would be so cool. Yeah. They should have done that when they had the chance. I know. Now they got to have a whole new trio. Yeah. Yeah, they screwed up by making the the prequels 
They really at did. When, at least when they did. Because they could they could have made the Thrawn trilogy back in the Well, they could they could have just made that instead of the Well, they would have had They, they would have prob- been older still yeah, then too. They would have had to have started that like in the mid nineties, maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. But the the whole thing was um that I often would hear in interviews, uh, George Lucas would always say, like, well, Jurassic Park was what started the CG visual effects revolution. And that's kind of like what made everything possible technologically that he always envisioned. Right. So. Well, wait, the- didn't. Didn't the prequels come out in like ninety seven? The first one? The special editions came out in ninety seven. Episode oh, okay. one came out in ninety nine. Okay, so ninety nine, but yeah. they would have I mean So we're talking So ultimately I don't think that it yeah. would have worked. I think they would have had to do it in the early nineties. Right, right, exactly. They would have exactly. had to do it yeah. And George wasn't ready yeah. to do more movies yet, so Yeah. Yeah. Would have been nice, though. But it's cool because, you know, what's going to be really neat is whenever they do make those movies and they get new characters or actors, rather, to play the characters, it's going to be cool because all of a sudden then Star Wars is going to become like a whole universe to people. Right. Like a whole entire genre. All of a sudden people are going to be like, oh... You know, it's just, it's not just about Carrie Fisher and, you know, Harrison Ford and Mark Hale. It's about the story, mm-hmm. you know, and just like right. when this Star Trek movies came out, all yeah. of a sudden there's a new Captain Kirk and a new Spock. And it's like so cool because you, all of a sudden you realize that the stories are timeless and they're going to be going on for a really long time. And like, it's cool to like basically be the first the first time you break that line is the hardest, but then after that, mm-hmm. there's going to be so many more yeah. versions of it. Yeah, exactly. the 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 story and the character transcends the actor, right? That's and so, them. of course, people are going to be like shocked when it first happens. But now, I totally love those Star Trek movies. I mean, I know that I'm not like a diehard Star Trek fan, but I think that those people represent the characters pretty well. So yeah. it's cool. And it'll be really neat to see that in something that I know a lot better. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I guarantee like, at some point. I mean, I'm excited to see a new Han Solo. Like, holy crap, how cool yeah. would that be? Yeah, I love Harrison Ford to death, too. Like, I think he's the coolest Han Solo. I love him. Mm-hmm. I just love him. I would never say anything that... I thought that there should have been a different one in the first place. I don't think so. But to see a new, a different guy playing Han Solo, that would be like totally really cool. I would dig it. Mm-hmm. I guarantee that at some point they will remake the original trilogy. And I'd, 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 I'd almost go so far as to put money on someday they'll make the Thrawn trilogy into a movie. 
Oh, I'm sure it's they not going to be episode seven or whatever, you know. But yeah. at some point, they they've got to use it because those stories are too good for them to go unrealized on the big screen. Unless for some reason George Lucas has something against Timothy Zahn. Is he like, does he like have a vendetta against him? No, I don't think so. No, I would, I would highly doubt that unless it was jealousy because they're so good. That's what I'm saying. Well, I don't, I don't think so. Because remember, George has or had final approval on everything. Now I don't know how. Well, yeah, there's something. I don't know how active he really was about exercising the yeses and nos. Well, he probably was like, "Yeah, this is good, and I'll get some royalties." (laughs) But then, when you think about it later, he's like, "Oh my god, these movies are going to be so epic, and everyone's going to like them way better than the original ones." Sad face. Mm. And then he's going to feel sad. Yeah, I suppose that's possible, but I don't. I don't think so. Okay. Well, we'll George see. George I think is a good I always thought he's he a was, good dude. I always thought he was a good dude, but maybe yeah. a little bit like emotional. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Not quite sure. Never met the guy. Yeah. He's a dad again, you know. Whoa, isn't he old? He and his, yeah, he's old. Well he and his cause he just got remarried. Uh huh. And he and his wife had a uh, had a surrogate child. Oh, really? Yeah. Is she younger? She's younger, but she's not super young. She's like forty five or so. Uh huh. But he's what seventy or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And she's she was loaded too, like before they got married. So. Oh, so, so it's not like a gold digger. Yeah. Situation or anything. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, that's exciting and Mm -hmm. whatnot. So what else about Star Trek 2? Khan, let's talk about how he looks in this versus how he looks in Into Darkness. Yeah. And how I love the mullet. (laughs) uh benedict cumberbatch is way better looking but the con in this one is also way cooler (laughs) ricardo montalban's got a better chest than cumberbatch (laughs) yeah he totally has the cleave going on (laughs) the cleave yeah he's got buff cleavage (laughs) yeah and all their like tribal vest and stuff Right. Um it's it's amazing. Um no, I I think it's really hilarious how different they look. Yeah. Like just the picture. I mean the con in Into Darkness is like trench coat shaft style. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of people rightfully have thought how in hindsight how stupid it was to have tried to keep it a big secret for Into Darkness that Benedict Cumberbatch is con. Why? Well. I mean, why were they trying to keep it a secret? I guess I didn't well, know Well, exactly. 
Because they wanted it to be a big surprise or something. That it was about Khan? Yeah. Oh, so it wasn't like revealed that it was about Khan? No. I guess I didn't know that. No. They, and they, the, the, the filmmaker straight up lied when the movie was being talked about and they were releasing information about it. And they said, this movie is about the villain is John Harrison and so on and so forth. And they Uh wanted it to be a big surprise because you get the reveal, you know, like halfway through the movie. Yeah. I forget. Okay. I'm mixing up the two movies now. Is this the one that starts off with the guy that blows up the place? Yeah. 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 And then and then the helicopter and crap not helicopter, but the um the ship that like flies up mm-hmm. to the window. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't even hear about you don't even hear his name until like him he Okay, they're like, aren't they like kind of working together on some? Well, what happens they is like there's like, a sir. there's the debriefing during like during the attack. They're at the debriefing where they're talking about who it is. Yeah, and, and he then... gets referred to as John Harrison because the the whole thing is in, in Into Darkness is that. Admiral Marcus is trying to conceal who Khan really is. Yeah. Because he finds Khan floating out in space and says, well, this guy is like a mastermind criminal genius who can help me build weapons. Yeah, and then he doesn't want to be caught doing that. Right. He doesn't want anybody to know that he's unthawed the 20th century. I I almost said 20th century Hitler. (laughs) <laughs> Hello, uh, yeah, Hitler's from the 20th century too, but um, <laughs> this 20th century dictator genius guy. And so that's where the whole John Harrison uh, fake yeah. identity uh, fake identity comes into play. Yeah. Did you see my tweet about the centuries? I tell you. I think I missed that. Did you see it? Okay, so I, I did this the other day because I swear I... I you know I'm 27 years old. I still mix up 20th and 21st century because it's the freaking 2000s, not the 2100s, and I always get confused if it's the 20th century or the 21st century. I always have to like think about it for a second or look it up. It's pre- pretty pathetic. I always still think of 20th century because I don't think about the fact that God, we're 13 years already. I know. Into the 21st century. Don't you still think that 1990 was 10 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. I still think that 1990 was 10 years ago. Yeah. And plus, too, like in the music world, we're constantly talking about like, well, in 20th century music, blah, 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 as compared to the romantic era or something like that. Yeah. And then you think about how you, you talk about Stravinsky as... The example of uh, like well, 20th, 20th century. century composer, and it's like, well, and then you're like, that was a long geez, time ago, yeah, hundred <laughs> years ago now, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, 
Like Rite, know. Rite of Spring is a hundred years old. I know, and that's it's, like practically the most modern piece I know. of classical music that that orchestra still play. matters. Yeah, yeah. Except when you start to get into like John Cage and minimalism and stuff. Right, right. Then it starts, you know, becoming. It's it's like all of a sudden when you hit to that point, you're talking about modern music. You're not talking about like classical music anymore. So. Right, yeah. It's like Stravinsky was the end of classical music. Yeah. Even though it was kind of not really classical, but whatever. Um yeah, I uh I was thinking about how the Bride of Spring is that old now and I was just kind of that's crazy. Mhm. How there were riots when it was first premiered. Yeah. Yeah. People were just literally beating each other up in the in the <laughs> auditorium. Yep. Because yeah. it was that intense. Right. Yeah. And they were just fired up and pissed off about it and everything. <laughs> they just started like whacking each yeah. other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like everyone going to see like WWE and like yeah. <laughs> starting to fight yeah. in the stands. I yeah, guess that totally. probably happens. Yeah. Well, maybe a little bit. Or no, but it's, people, it's people more like. People rioted during. Operas, controversial operas came out, and people would get yeah. all up in a tizzy. I'm sure there's fights those. at like a Kid Rock concert too. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. So you know, fights break out in concerts. ICP concerts. It happens. Oh God. Uh. So yeah, the the whole con reveal thing is just stupid because they tried so hard to keep it a secret, and then now that it's out on. DVD and iTunes and you can get it on, you know, however you get it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so ridiculous because the in the the movie description, like the like the two sentence three sentence synopsis, uh-huh. is they they just talk about Khan in the synopsis. So it's, I mean, well, they can't keep it a secret anymore, though. Maybe I that's guess. Why. I guess not. Everyone knows. Yeah. I mean, everyone's been going around going God. Yeah. So I'm pretty and, sure. Yeah, and so the 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 purists who who want to who who want to think of the JJ Star Treks as being an alternate universe rather than being a reboot are going like, well, why the hell is Khan like this pasty-skinned British guy instead of being this vaguely uh, Middle Eastern character? Caveman almost guy. Right. Like like macho man. Yeah. And and so I, I think the... Part of the rationale for that or part of the explanation for that is actually given in Into Darkness. There's there's a throwaway line of some sort where they talk about um maybe I'm just I could swear it's in there where they, they mention something about, you know, well he's probably had plastic surgery or whatever. Oh, and really? it's it, yeah, it's some sort of just lame explanation of when his identity gets when this identity gets created. 
Yeah. Well, that wait. maybe he had plastic surgery or whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I was just thinking, though? Um, okay, here's a question. When when the original Khan was created, is he supposed to be 20th century, like, future based on the timeline that the show was made? Like, um, when was the show made? The 60s? In the 60s. So was he supposed to be, like, the 90s? Yeah, he was. Like, ex- that's exactly when he's from. So then... It makes sense that the J.J. Abrams con looks different because that's not what the 90s looked like at all. So, you know what I mean? Like, they they were doing 20th century con kind of accurately. Like, yeah. If he's from the 20th century, he he pretty much looks like he fits in. Now we know what the 20th century looks like, so our vision of it's different. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. So like that makes they sense. they were doing like a thing like the Jetsons where they thought the year two thousand was gonna have robots and suitcases that folded up into whatever's mm-hmm. and uh you know now we know that they don't do that so right you know. yeah yeah it's just not consistent with if we ever made the Jetsons now and still set it in two thousand <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't look the same yeah <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. They've have they ever done a Jetsons live action movie? Oh God, no. They didn't. No. I'm just picturing that now. They sh- oh. they totally back in the 90s when they were doing all the live action like Scooby Doo and uh, Flintstones. Yeah, Flintstones. Why didn't they do a Jetsons? It's kind of surprising that they didn't. But thank yeah. God for it. <laughs> Are you sure they did? I'm trying to picture. I think I'm yeah. seeing an Astro in my head, there. a CGI Astro. Well, there has never been a live action. There's never been a live action Jetsons. Did they ever do a Jetsons remake? They did a Jetsons movie that was animated in the... Um. I just Googled this. I just Googled it. There's, Did you see that IMDb thing? The thing in production, I guess. Yep. Oh, God. I just Googled it, too, and I looked up, and now it's on IMDb. Wow. The Jetsons live yeah. action. How brilliant is your co-host, Megan Paletti, right now? She's the genius of us all. I just predicted future trends. Yes. Yeah. You know what's really sad is that... Um, when they made the the Jetsons movie, whenever that was in the nineties, or whenever, when was that? The uh, Jetsons movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Whenever they, whenever it was, they made that the cartoon Jetsons movie. Yeah. Um, the guy who voiced George Jetson died in the recording studio, like moments after finishing. His VOs for it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Okay, I'm reading this article, and it was from a year ago, and it's saying um, it was getting a lot of negative response, reaction. Yeah. But then check this out. The Jetson production team's recent decision to approach Kanye West about serving (laughs) as an art department supervisor on the project. What? That guy's such a piece of crap. 
he knows about movies? Right. Come on. What the hell does yeah, he all even of a know? Sudden, yeah. What? Kanye? Yeah. This is ridiculous. Kanye the Jensen. This is a joke. This isn't real. That was an April Fool's Day article. Had to have been. Kanye. Kanye <laughs> and the Jetsons. Kanye and the Jetsons. Wow. Kanye and the Jetsons. Oh, my. Kanye and the Jetsons. Have you ever seen the Smurfs movie? I was just seeing that. No. Yeah. The hell no. It's not good. Why would I? It's super not good. Super not good. Oh my god. Guess what I did today with my boyfriend? We blasted Be Prepared like the from the Lion King. <laughs> as loud <laughs> as my living room could take it. Wow. And we did like it was awesome. We were like singing it to Toonie and she was just like, oh, I don't know about this. But it was awesome because that song is freaking sweet. <laughs> that song is awesome. Scar is like creepy, creepy lion man. Yep. That's a pretty good. That's a. It's a good dang musical. Good film. Yep. And good you know film. what else is good on that? Uh, musical wise, is um the one instrumental where it's called. What's it called? Um. This shoot, what's it called? It's the instrumental that plays like after he sees um, Mufasa in the clouds, and it's like all epic, and it's like you know that one. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so good! It makes me want to cry. Yep. Circle of life, Megan. No, it's not that one. Well, I know it's not that one. (laughs) I know. You know, but what's it called? It's called um. Not under the stars. This land. Okay. It's so good. You have to look it up on YouTube. Okay. YouTube it. YouTube it. YouTube it. <laughs> no, YouTube it. <laughs> uh, be prepared. Yeah, we were making lunch and singing the line. <laughs> it's pretty good stuff. Oh, Disney. <sighs> Not all Disney, but man, The Lion King. That is yeah. a good movie. That is very good. It is very good. They had some good hits in the 90s. They did. They still had it. They did. And then they started doing things like, I don't know, Hercules wasn't as good. Yeah. And like, what else wasn't as good? Do you like the old Disney, the old Disney cartoons, like the old Mickey Mouse and they're all right. Donald Duck cartoons and stuff? I liked the um, not the really like black and white crazy old ones, but like the ones. Um, some of the ones I really liked are Donald Duck with um, what's the name of the bad, the really giant fat guy duck that always has a cigar. He's like goofy, actually. He look. He's a dog. Right. He's um. Uh, what's his name? I don't know. Oh my god! There's this one episode that I remember because we taped it from TV, so I know I've seen it a gazillion times because we probably still have the VHS for it. Um, because there's this one VHS we have that has all these random things we taped. 
Like, and it's the coolest time capsule that I have. Anyway, um, it's this one where they're fighting their neighbors and they're fighting over their property line. Donald Duck oh, and, the, and the other yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I and they're, seen like, chopping trees ages. and, like, and then there's, like, the wrestling announcer guy, like, like giving the play-by-play. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that one? It was yes, super good. I mean, I, I love those. Those ones were really cool. That, like, I don't know when that was made. That was probably an 80s one. That's Pete. Yeah, Pete. Yeah. Yeah, Pete the dog. Yep. Yeah, he's a gruff old man. Old man. I got a nose. My nose got stuffed right as I said old man and it turned into old pan. Old pan. That happens to me all the time. Yeah, my nose like got stuffed up for a second there. I have all sorts of unintentional pronunciation problems. Oh, mucus. Oh, mucus. Oh, mucus. Is there anything you can't stick to? (laughs) Water. Water. True. It gets runny in water. So in this Wikipedia article... They say he's a cat. No. What? That's not really. Yeah. I guess he doesn't have the ears. He was originally an anthropomorphic bear, with, but with the advent of Mickey Mouse in 1928, he was defined as a cat. That makes sense. He doesn't have the same ears as Goofy. Right. He has cat ears now that I look at the picture. Yeah. No shit. Pete is the oldest continuing Disney character having debuted three years before Mickey in the cartoon Alice Solves the Puzzle in 1925. Whoa. Who would have thought Yeah. And we don't even know his name. That's crazy. We had to look him up. Peg Leg Pete. Does he have a peg leg? That's what they they call him. That's weird. Yeah, it is. Hmm. Also, I like Chippendale. Yeah, they're yeah. Cool. Chip and Dale are good. There's this one episode where they're on a um, they're on a boat. They're on a boat, and they're like, "There's this one line that they say that we always say in my family." He's like, "Hey, look, knots," because <laughs> they're like looking at ropes, and they say, right. I, "I don't know if you remember this episode." Gosh, I'm trying to remember what it was about. Even oh, it was like Donald Duck, and they were like. They were like sabotaging him being on a uh uh paddle boat thingy. Hmm, okay. They like kept sabotaging it because they always did that to Donald Duck. And um they like drilled holes in the boat and stuff and like it was funny. People are super into Disney. Chips Ahoy. That was that's what it was called. Okay. I just looked it up. Donald Duck Chips Ahoy. Yeah. Look, nuts. It was a movie. Okay. Um, and it was one of the other ones that was on that VHS thing. Wasn't in uh that we taped. Was it from uh Three Caballeros? No, maybe. It's not really a movie. It's like a what? It says five minutes. It's like six minutes long. Oh, okay. Um. 
cartoon was released to theaters in 1956. Chip's Ahoy is one of several Donald Duck cartoons to feature Chip and Dale. Uh, it's no, it was just a theatrical short. Oh, okay. It doesn't say that it was part of the the other one. But yeah, they're um. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm reading it now. They're trying to steal Donald Duck's boat because there's a tree full of acorns on this little island and they want to get to it. That's funny. <laughs> I like Chippendale. Anyway. The Donald Duck and Uncle Scrooge comic books are some of the best comic stories ever written. Yeah, I've they're actually wonderful. seen some of those. Yeah. Oh, they're they're fantastic. I think yeah, we've I talked a little bit about those before. Because in the uh in the comics, Donald is nothing like he is in the cartoons. Yeah. Like his in the cartoons, it's the whole uh, He's always like anger man. Anger and you can't understand what he's saying and Yeah. But in the comics he's normal. Really? He doesn't have anger management issues? No. Not That's well, like, not too much. I mean, at the very least, you can understand him, and he seems. Well, that's like, because how are you supposed to write? How are you supposed to type out that accent? Well, you could. Has? You I could just have a how. bunch of nonsense characters, or whatever. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, he. The I don't know though the anger management thing. It's almost like makes him who he is. Yeah. Because he always gets so flaming mad about everything. Yep. It's a good time. Yeah. Boy, we've covered a lot of ground this episode. I know. Star like, Wars, Star we're Trek, talking the a Jetsons. Lot, but we're so mellow in this episode, yeah. I feel like. We're just kind of like... Yeah. We're getting deep. Chillaxing. I was about to get deep there talking about a dream that I had, but we're running out of time here, so maybe I'll save that story for the next you one. S- you save that for next week. I guess we probably should wrap it up for now. Yeah. So big week next week. Oh yeah, because we're gonna hear about your dream. I hope yeah, you have a dream catcher. It's not a dream. Okay. It's something. It's just about my dream land. Your dream land. Okay. Like, yeah, recurring stuff. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that, and then next week on the show we have our first look at Agents of Shield. Right. I haven't seen it yet, but you did, right? Yes, I saw the first episode last night. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. You said it was very Joss Whedon-y. Very, very Joss Whedon-y. I'm excited. The script just reeks Joss Whedon in a good way. Is it like Buffy Joss Whedon? Mm Mm-hmm. Like Firefly? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, nice. It's all nice. It's all the dialogue. Nice. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Excited. Are there any of those characters in it? Not characters, actors? Like Whedon actors? Uh, yeah. Who's in it? Well, uh, Clark Gregg, Agent Coulson is in it. Yeah, but yeah. like besides him? Um, like any of the, the other, other people? The other people that are in it so far, none of them are like big. They may have done bits and pieces with him before, but it's not not like the... The like big the, main circle of yeah. Whedon actors. Because I, I think probably mostly because they're all busy 
with other gigs. Yeah. You know, because Nate Fillion has, because we're pals, you know, Nate and I go way back. <laughs> I like how you've been calling uh, him George, <laughs> JJ. Right. Yeah. JJ didn't have time. Yeah. <laughs> he told me on the phone the other day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's doing Castle is what mm-hmm. you're going to say. Yeah, he's doing Castle. And which Amy is a Acker. Very good show. Amy Acker's on Once Upon a Time sometimes, but I don't know if she's going to be on this season. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. So we're going to talk about that next week. Yeah. And in the meantime, keep on listening. Follow us on Twitter. Keep up with uh, with what we're doing there. We don't tweet too much from the Nerd Novice account. We should do more of that. Yeah, we should. But we do have good personal accounts. Yes, we do. So you can follow us on those. Mine's at Megan Paletti. Yep. And I'm Jay Metzendorf. Yep. And then our, uh, you know, we're at Nerd Novice on Twitter. And nerdnovice at gmail.com. What else? Nerdly and novice Nerdnovice.com. Nerdnovice at gmail.com. I think that pretty much, pretty much covers hits it. it. Spread yeah. the word, folks. Yeah. Do us a favor. Between now and next week, tell a friend. Yeah, hey, that'd be awesome. Nerd Novice, it's a thing, and you should listen. Just do that. It's three sentences that you can say three sentences just pick three sentences about nerd novice yeah nerd novice is a podcast it's really fun to listen to you should try it there There. you go that's what you should say that's a hell of a sales pitch i think so there you go boom done (laughs) boom nailed it (laughs) all right thanks for listening we'll see you guys next week bye see ya